Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Every time I come to a gathering like this, I always have the attitude of, I just want to hear one thing from God. If there's more than one thing, it's awesome, but I just want to hear one thing from Him, one thing in my spirit that jumps out. And we've got to be careful if you've been to church for many years that you're not complacent in uh, your hunger. It's easy to be familiar. Uh, Studies have shown that if you walk into a room uh, that has cobwebs in it um, or something wrong with the room, the first seven times you'll notice it. On the eighth time, you'll stop noticing it because you've become familiar with the room. And that's what it can be like in God's house. It's, oh, that's the same service leader, the same song, the same preacher, the same roster, the same whatever. And we start to miss out on what God has because we've gone past the seven times. So we have to come in with fresh eyes. And so the way you do that is coming together this morning, just saying, Holy Spirit, in your heart, just saying, Holy Spirit, just just give me something today to take home. Give me something that's going to help my family. Give me something that's going to help my marriage. Give me something that's going to help my situation. And you know what? God responds to hunger. It's just hard to feed. If my son, we do this every night at the moment, he's, he's nearly two and he's going through a bit of a, what do you call it, a regression, a sleep regression, I think they call it. So he's waking up a little bit. It's just developmentally he's very aware and he's growing. And every night at the moment we're trying to feed him and it's glorious food. It's holiday bolognese sauce. It's good. It's, he, this kid, he loves mushrooms. If you just gave him a bowl of mushrooms, he, how many can he fit in his mouth is the question for him. And then we try and give him something else, like some veggies or something on the side. But he's not a huge eater at the moment. He's, he'd rather be playing. He'd rather be off running around. And so every night we have this thing where he'll pick at his food, he'll eat a little bit, and we, he, then he says... Oh done? But how does he say it? He goes, oh, oh done, but it's like a baby kind of, oh, like just a, we know what it means. And then we have to say to him, one more bite. One more bite and then you're done. And then there's a standoff. And the standoff can last anywhere from 30 seconds to five or 10 minutes where he says, oh done, and he pushes his plate away and, and we say, one more bite. And we get the food on his, on his fork and we say one more bite all done eventually he gives in because he knows he's trapped he's harnessed in he can't get away he gives in and he he will eat his last bite and I'll give him a big yeah good job and then he'll get down and he'll run off and just do what he does I think sometimes we come before God and it's like we don't mean to but we're saying all done <laughs> all I know it all, I've heard it all, I've been here, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mature, I, I've got it all worked out. And God says, no, 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 I respond to hunger. I respond to, I want to learn something new, I want to grow more, I want to dig deeper, I want to go beyond my understanding, I want to be someone who walks away changed, I want to be someone who God uses and is moldable. The Bible talks about the potter and being, he is our potter and we are the clay and he molds us and, sh- and shapes us and, and are we moldable this morning? Yeah. 
And it's hard because naturally, you're looking at me. Naturally, you're hearing noise. Naturally, you're hearing other things in the room. And you have to try and get past that to hear what the Spirit is saying. And, and the Bible says that. It says, it says, hear what the Spirit is saying. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Hear what, hear what it, it, Jesus said, you know, open their eyes. Or open your eyes, see what God is doing. We don't want to be the all done and then God's saying, just one more bite. We want to be someone who's going, I'm ready. I'm hungry. Because you know what? A hungry person, even in the most dull sermon, will receive something. Because the Holy Spirit isn't limited to my, my dullness. Thank you, Jesus. If I'm having a bad Sunday, he's not limited to me. <laughs> and it's like he searches the earth. Remember the scripture. He searches the earth looking for faith. Who has faith? Who has an open heart? Who is saying, bring on the mushrooms, God? Bring on the holiday spaghetti. But this is a, a heart attitude. It's actually, I can't force you to be that. I, I can encourage you, but I can't. This has to be before you come to a gathering like this morning, you say, God, I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for your presence. It isn't a religious right for me to be here. It isn't a, a tradition just because of, of religion. No, no, I'm actually in a relationship with a living God, not a mute God, a living God who, who loves to speak. And so this morning, I just encourage you, and this is just my intro, that you would be a person and I would be a person who is ready at the table to eat a feast. <laughs> you know, this morning, you've heard me use the analogy, you know, when we come to church and walk away unchanged, it's like going to the gym, sitting on a treadmill and not pedaling. We sit there for half an hour, we get off the treadmill and we go, I've done something. I, 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 my legs feel like they just got to work out. No, no, you just sat on a treadmill. So you have to make sure that when you come to God's house, there is something that you need to work at sometimes. There has to be a development, a growth. There has to be a bit of, I'm going to take that into my life. I'm going to learn it because I've been in church for 37 years and I'm telling you, I know what it's like to sit in a room week after week after week and hear thousands of services and only have a few probably that I go, I remember what God did in my heart. And so this morning, I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to be hungry. Beyond my words, have you ever been in a service where you're so hungry for God to speak and he speaks to you about a bunch of things and it has nothing to do with the sermon? How awesome is it? And you walk away going, that was the best sermon ever and I didn't get anything out of it, but God spoke to me. <laughs> I've had those services. And so that's our heart for you. Charlie and I, our heart for you is that uh, it doesn't matter. If you get something from what I say, beautiful. And we had Nonna and Poppy come over and stay at our house, which is Kathy and Alan. They stayed at our house and looked after our son for two nights. <laughs> and we went to Sydney and we watched a musical called Hamilton, <clears throat> which was great. There was lots of COVID cases in the room, but we didn't get it. 
got lots of alerts on our phone. And we got to stay in a hotel where, you know, it was just great. Room service type stuff. Well, Deliveroo for us. No kids. Sleep in. For the first night, it's like, where, what's Bear doing? Where's he okay? Where was it? Hear a noise. Is that going to wake him up? It was so good to get away. I love my son, but it was just so good <laughs> to get away. And just, just, yeah. Went on, a, went on a, a, the Manly Ferry. Anyone been on the Manly Ferry before? We heard about it, so we thought, and there was a bit of swell, a bit of surf, and I was like, we need to do it with some swell. And so we sat it right at the front as it went through the headland. It was just, it was great. Uh, and then it was really hot, really, really, really humid. And so we went and we swam next to the ferries in the shark nets in Manly. Right near all the diesel and all the, it was great. It was just. <laughs> when we came home, um, we were stoked to be home because and, and, we missed our, missed our little boy. And we got home and he said to us, he put his arms up and he said, cuddle. What? Cuddle. Cuddle. Someone, I think Nonna, had told him the word cuddle. And it's the cutest thing ever. Because <laughs> I don't use the word cuddle. <laughs> like, I've never used that, but it's, I do all the time now, or he does. And this little boy, he's, at, he's, he's nearly he's 21 months old, 22 months old, super cute. And he looks up and he says, cuddle? And, I, and his, his little arms are raised. And it's the best thing ever. Because he just wants to be in daddy's arms. That's it. He's starting to learn, though, that if you want something from me, to do the cuddle. Yeah. And normally it's cuddle so I can then climb onto the table. It's like, you get me up to that level, and then I'll get out of your arms to climb onto something I'm not meant to. But every now and then he will just still do cuddle. And in that moment, what he's saying is, I'm surrendering to my dad. Like, hold me, pick me up. I'm putting my weight on you. We went down to see my parents, and they live in a beautiful little town called Naruma. And there is a shark net there, as you can tell. I love shark net beaches. I can just flop around and not worry about sharks, and it is the best thing ever. <laughs> And we took Bear there because we're trying to teach him how to swim. So for Christmas, we bought him a, like a life vest thing, uh, like a floaty thing. And we're trying to get him to kick and get used to the water. And, and we took him to this beach, but there were a few waves coming in. And we got in the water, then the waves started. And talk about a koala hug. That boy just holds on. like, And he'll say, cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. <laughs> And it's just like, I don't know, uh, you know, there was one the other day we were at the beach and there was the, the waves were quite decent. And I said to Charlotte, I think they're a bit big. And, and I took him out a little bit. And she's like, I, I trust his daddy with this. And he trusts me. So there's all these waves. And as the waves would hit, I would turn my back against the wave and it would hit my back and protect him from the waves. And then I'll hear this cuddle, <laughs> cuddle. And I think in that situation... In that situation, 
He was okay because he was secure in the embrace of surrender. He, if, it wasn't, if, if I didn't have him, uh, if I had him, you know, loosely hanging off me or, you know, chucked him with his floaty, hey, learn how to swim, it would be a lot different to I'm holding him, I'm looking after him, and so his kind of look of terror becomes a look of joy. You know, that's what it's like with a heavenly father. We have seasons where it's like the waves are hitting us and there's a look of terror. And God says, no, no, cuddle. <laughs> cuddle. Lift those little arms up. Look up. Lift up your hands. Cuddle. And then he picks you up. And he turns his back on the waves. And he protects you from the forces. And it's a supernatural cuddle. The beauty of surrender. The definition of surrender means this, in my opinion. This is what I've... After, there's a bunch of different types of definitions, but this is what I've got. To surrender means to let go of control and trust God. It means letting go of our plans and letting God have his way in every aspect of our lives, allowing him to guide our steps and direct our decisions. To surrender means to let go of control and trust God, letting go of our plans and letting God have his way in every aspect of our lives, allowing him to guide our steps and direct our decisions. You know, God just asks us to have hearts of complete surrender. In worship, we lift up our hands and we do that because it's a sign of surrender. <laughs> There's a reason why the police say, put your hands up, because they're surrendering. With God, it's saying, it's a voluntary, I am going to surrender my all to you. But I've learned something about us as humans. We love giving God aspects in surrender. I'll give you this, but I'm keeping this. I'm going to trust you with this area, but I don't trust you with that area. I'm going to trust you with my Sunday, but the rest of the week is mine. I'm going to trust you with... There's a bunch of different things, but ultimately God wants all of our heart in a posture of surrender. God will move in our church when our hearts are surrendered. Beyond lip service, beyond our Sunday duties, a life of surrender, a lifestyle of surrender. And every day I wake up and I deny myself and take up my cross and I say, God, I surrender to you. The, the prayer I pray the most in my life is, God, I surrender. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind. I surrender my, my soul and my emotions. I surrender my body. I surrender my spirit. Have your way in me, God. A few things happen when we have surrendered hearts. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. This might be a memory verse, type verse for you. It 
It says this. It says, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. You've got to realise this morning, we need to understand that a surrendered heart is a secure heart. Turn to your neighbour and say, secure. Secure. When you surrender your heart, you let go of control and trust God, you then have a heart that becomes secure. Trust in God with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I read that like this. Trust God. Stop relying on what you know. Just give it all to him and he will look after you. <laughs> I said, I mean, Charlie and I were chatting recently about it, about something coming up in our life. And we just said, I said to Charlie, I, we need to make sure that we acknowledge God in this and he will make our path straight. We have favour. We're not like everybody else. We have favour. And guess what? Let you in on a secret, church. You have favour. Do you know that you're not like everybody else? Do you know you're not like everyone else in the city? <laughs> you have supernatural favour which follows you around. Creepy. Favour is stalking you. His favour. Unmerited, undeserved favour follows you and I because we surrender our heart to him and when you trust God when you give him everything trust in the Lord with all your heart he will make your path straight you see insecurities come in because we have lost surrender when you compare ourselves with each other it's because we have lost the art of surrender when I'm surrendered, I find my all in him. When I hold my son, he is secure in my arms. Like I said, when the waves come, or when we're at home and Charlie puts the blower back on in the backyard, if you ever see, want to see a kid scuttle into my arms, it's the blower back. He is terrified of the blower vac. I don't know why. I don't know if you've been blower vacking him. Maybe I did once. I don't know. He finds security in his dad's arms. We have to actually, you know, one thing coming into this year, I've challenged myself with is being very honest with my heart. It sounds really simple, but it's so easy to gloss things over. It's so easy not to be real sometimes. And so I really take time to look at my heart. Why am I thinking that way? Why am I processing that way? Why am I insecure about that? Why am I feeling like that? What's happening in my life? And what happens is I start to realise that God needs to have all of my heart. You have to realise that God is not dumb. He's everywhere. He knows everything. Therefore, a heart of surrender is a heart that is completely secure. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. 
Romans 12, 1. When you got it, why don't you tell me you've got it? It says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what? Your spiritual worship. What is worship? Surrender. <laughs> it's not just singing three songs. It is a heart of, in all my ways, I offer my body as a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy to God. This is my spiritual worship. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> offer yourself to him. I surrender all to you. I surrender my past, my future, and my present, my deepest, darkest fears, my hurts, my insecurities. I give them all to you. And we think it sounds like trash. To God, it sounds like worship. <laughs> Take all of me, God. Take everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. You see, we try and hide our bad from God. The things we're shamed, shamed about, the things we're embarrassed about, our mistakes, the things that aren't right in us, we hide them and we give God, oh, take my, my little bit of good. And God says, I want it all, baby. I don't know if he says baby, but he says, I want it all. And in the brokenness of surrender, a beautiful exchange happens. Oh. The exchange of worship, the exchange of forgiveness, the exchange of sacrifice. Because I am no longer someone who lives for me, I'm someone who lives for Christ. And yes, I have done things that are shameful, things that are wrong. Yes, I have fallen short of the glory of God, but he lifts me up. But it comes back to this. Cuddle. Cuddle. Take me, take me, dog, cuddle, pick me up, please. I know a cuddle doesn't make me look strong, but it makes me vulnerable to you. Pick me up, please. I've wandered, I've walked away, I've given up on things, I've become bitter. Cuddle? Just, just pick me up one more time, please, cuddle. And he reaches down because his love is unfailing. His mercies are new every morning. So the second thought is this, a surrendered heart is a worshipping heart. The surrendered heart is a heart that trusts in God and trust is the foundation of worship. A surrendered heart is a heart that trusts God, and trust is the foundation of worship. But we have to remember, trust can only start when understanding stops. This is, is mind-blowing. If you can work it out, you don't need to trust God. It's when you can't work it out that you need to trust God. It's when my understanding stops. It's when my, my knowing everything stops. It's when my control stops. God says to Peter, Jesus says to Peter, walk on the water, Peter. He's thinking, oh my goodness, how can I walk on water? 
He trusts God above his knowledge and what happens is a miracle starts to take place. God, help us in this. Help us get this. Listen, church, be very intentional with your heart today. Are there any areas of your heart that you are holding on to? Are there any areas of your heart where you're stressed? We'll get on to that in a second. Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. Jesus is speaking and he says, And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Oh, my goodness. Jesus on the way to the cross. Didn't deserve it. Took the weight of sin of the world on his shoulders. Was facing loneliness and isolation. And he knew the daunting task ahead of him. And he pleads with his father, if there's any other way, father, please, please help me. But he comes to this conclusion, not as I will, but as you will, Father. You know how many times in life we do this with God? God, use me. God, I surrender. Well, Beniah, get up and preach. But I'm an introvert. I can't even speak to my classmates. Get up and preach. But, but God, you don't understand, I'm insecure. Get up and preach. Not my will, but yours be done. <laughs> you will have examples in your life. When was the last time you crossed this line of not my will, but yours be done? Because if we don't get to that place in our walk with God but we have to trust God above our understanding, then we are always forever chained to what we know. We're always going to be held down. Even as a church, corporately, we have to allow ourselves to let God take us places that are unknown, that aren't familiar, that might look a bit different, might look a bit scary. You might have to get past the consumeristic culture of churches normally, which is, it's about what I want and what I need. And maybe God's saying, what if it's about what he wants? <laughs> Not my will, but yours be done. If there's any other way, God, if there's any other way to pass this cup from me, but ultimately, Father, your will over mine. And we see Jesus in the most beautiful moment of surrender. Although to him, he was sweating blood. But to God, it was worship. <laughs> it's okay this morning? A surrendered heart, very quickly before we end. A surrendered heart is a free heart. I was speaking to someone this week, someone who I mentor and disciple. And what I just said to this person, I said, in life, we, you need to listen to the spirit of somebody. Do you hear the fruits of the spirit when someone speaks? Not the religious arguments, not the he said, she said, not the hurt. Do you hear in the midst of trials, God? 
Do you hear a sweet spirit in the midst of the valleys? Because that's when you hear God in people. It's very, very easy for us all to be victims here. Life will make you into a victim, just by the way life is. The church will make you into a victim because church is full of imperfect people. Unless you surrender it all to God. The times that I've been majorly hurt, and sometimes wounds take time to heal, the only way for healing is for me to say, I surrender it all to you, Lord. I forgive that person. I release that situation. I say, Lord, you're blessing upon that. And I, and I feel my spirit start to free up because I refuse to be that bitter Christian. My wife will tell you this. I wrestle over this. As a pastor, I wrestle over it because I give my heart to the church and then people chuck it in your face sometimes and you've got to be careful about the hurt that comes with that. So we've had to become good at forgiving good at releasing our spirit because I've met multitudes of Christians who profess the name of Jesus yet are unkind. Well, why is that? Because they've lost the surrender. They've taken the good bits out of the, you know, the salad. They've taken the, the chicken, the croutons, but they've left the things that maybe aren't as good. My wife will disagree with that analogy. She loves lettuce and stuff. We have to have a surrendered heart, which is a free heart. We have to remember that it's when we lose ourselves in Him we find freedom. We have to get this together this morning. When we lose control, we find freedom. Stress has no place in a surrendered heart. I love this. I love it when our life, you know, we, we, Charlie was with work. We thought we had work this year and it fell through last minute. We had some stressful conversations. But ultimately, we had to come to a place of surrender again. Because what are we going to do? Be the seagull flapping our wings for a hot chip? Or are we going to be the eagle that soars with the Holy Spirit? ready for his timing, ready for his moment, ready for his favour. <laughs> it's right, stop being a seagull squawking for the chip. And don't be the seagull that fakes the bad leg so that you feel sorry for it, so you get the more chips than anybody else. <laughs> so a great litmus test for... Surrender is this. Am I stressed? Am I worried? Because stress and worry have no place in a surrendered heart. Why? Because a surrendered heart is what? It's a trusted heart. What if it doesn't happen the way I want? What if it doesn't all come together? What if I don't meet the person of my dreams? What if it doesn't work out for my kids? What happens if I don't get the job I want? Whatever it is, Forget the stress and say, cuddle. Listen, if you're going to remember anything this morning, let it be cuddle. Cuddle. If you're married here and your spouse is stressed, just go, cuddle. (laughs) 
Last thing is this. A surrendered heart is a victorious heart. Defeat has no place in a surrendered heart. It's hard to be defeated when you're in your father's arms. It's really hard to, when you're secure in him, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. There's so many scriptures around this. I've used a couple. I encourage you this way. Go away and just research about trust. Research about surrender. The psalmist talks about surrender and trusting God so much in the midst of storms. Also trusting God in the midst of the mountaintops. You know, you find out what's in us. I find out what's in me. Two, two areas. When I'm going through a valley and when I'm on the mountaintop. In the mid-range, God, I need you. God, help me. It's when everything is working out and you feel like you're on top of the world. Is Am I still desperate for him? Or in the valley when I feel like it's all falling apart and all I have is him. And again, I look at my heart. And this year, I encourage you to do this. Just examine your heart. God, search me, know me, know my deepest parts. Help me in the areas that are weak. Help me in my brokenness. Help me in the areas that I need your light, the dark places. That prayer just sent in is the most beautiful, worshipful prayer to his ears. Don't think they're coming together and giving God just your best offering in terms of all the things that you think have worked out and he wants that. No, no, he wants everything. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.